This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And today, um, this doesn't happen all that often, but I love it when it does. We have a return guest to the show, Carrie Major, who is the Director of Special Projects at The ARC. Carrie, welcome back. Great. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, I really mean it. I I interview a lot of people on this show, but um, it's a special thing when there's a reason for a return, um, which is usually to give some cool updates or maybe some expansion news um, and also to remind people about the good work that's going on um, at the ARC. And we're going to get into a specific program um, in a little bit, but if you could start by just giving our listeners uh, a little background on yourself and maybe a big picture view of what the ARC does and, and why it exists. Sure. So like you said, my name is Carrie Major, Director of Special Projects at the ARC. So I've been at this organization for about 10 years now. Um, Our organization is one of the largest national nonprofits that uh, serves and advocates for people with intellectual and developmental disability, which includes autism, you know, Down syndrome, Fragile X, and a bunch of other uh, intellectual disabilities as well. Um, So on my side, I have been um, doing, you know, program work since I basically joined here, jumping around from a bunch of different programs involving with uh, travel programs, volunteer programs, health initiatives. um, And the program that I'm here to talk about today is our, our Wings for Autism one, which is one of my favorite initiatives. Um, yeah. I see why as I kind of go into it later on, but um, the ARC in general, you know, um, is a membership organization. So we have 600 chapters throughout the U.S. in 48 states, and our national office is located in Washington, D.C. Um, and at our national office, we're kind of split between doing uh, policy and program national programming. Um, and then our local and state chapters do a variety of services from day programming, residential programs, transportation, employment, um, and then they advocate on their local and state level for policies that protect the human rights of people with disabilities okay so so a small organization just kidding um yeah. <laughs> those were uh that's a lot a lot of impact that the arc has and um and interesting to know i didn't realize that it was one of the largest and, and oldest you said nonprofits serving this particular population yes we started in the 1950s as like a grassroots organization with a group of parents that had uh you know children with disabilities and at that time they were told to be put their children in institutions which you know yeah. they just kind of got together and they were like we don't want to do that we don't want to ship away our kids there has to be other options. So they got together, formed the first uh, chapter of the ARC, and then since then have just kind of been growing and growing, expanding to, you know, over 70 years later. Amazing. And yes, that was the time when um, I think, thankfully, and for good reason, there was a big pushback from families on there being sort of one trajectory, which was a pretty brutal, rough, depressing one um, in terms of what to do if you had a child with um, with IDD. And also the, the term IDD didn't exist back then. I mean, this was all terminology that's that's come about uh later so okay well um i appreciate the background um and let's get into the main thing we're talking about today which is uh, the wings for autism program um i will just set it up by saying that i know having worked with a tremendous number of uh, families who come through the doors of Anderson with their loved ones, and then also having uh, a lot of experience out in the community, talking to more and more families touched by autism um, and other intellectual developmental disabilities. Um, And one of the reasons why Anderson created uh, a program we run called Autism Supportive Environment and Autism Supportive Programs is because so many times uh, families experience an extreme 
level of isolation, um, a feeling of not being able to uh, engage with their communities and and with the world in the way that um, so many of us do and and probably take for granted in a lot of ways. Um, And so uh, the Wings for Autism program, I think, is a really fine, wonderful example of of something on a large scale that is making an impact. So with that, take it away. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So a basic overview of the Wings for uh, Autism program, it's basically a airport rehearsal program for individuals with intellectual disabilities or and their families. Um, and so we we created this program was created in um, Boston, Massachusetts with the Massport Port Authority and our one of our local chapters there. Um, and just a kind of a backstory of the, the program, you know, as a family trying to go to Disney World, they hadn't flown with their children before. One had autism, one didn't. Um, and they, you know, they bought their tickets, their Disneyland tickets, their, you know, hotels, everything. And they got to the TSA security and realized that their their child just had a meltdown, and just could not make it through the TSA security. It was just too overwhelming, the whole airport experience. Um, so the mother and the one child had to go home, basically. And the other, you know, the father and the other child went on to Disney World. And, you know, she kind of thought in herself, in her mind, like, if I'm going through this, there has to be other families that are experiencing this. Like, you know, that that was kind of a traumatic situation, you know, put the, the child in a, in environment that they weren't prepared for um you know it was you know people were staring which you know is that fear and embarrassment of a parent to have people staring at your child you know they lost a lot of money as well from tickets Mm -hmm. so they were like there has to be a way for us to to know that this is you know if this is going to be a realistic option for our family um and so that's kind of where the birth of wings for autism came from um and so what what we do is we partner with airlines airports um and one of our local chapters throughout the u.s um to to basically allow our families to come in and go through all the steps involved in air travel so they get a fake boarding pass from um the partnering airline that we work with then they go through tsa security most tsa securities have they have a designated lane for us with our participants so that way they can you know, take their time going through TSA. They can ask questions if they need. Um, we encourage them to put um, something on the conveyor belts that they think they can see once they put it on. You know, they will get it back on the other side. It's right, just- right. So it's not this just black hole of you're taking my thing, which for somebody with autism, that could be a, a- enormous enormous trigger exactly and even like the x ex- x-ray machines i mean they right. i've had participants tell me that it makes such a loud high-pitched noise which i can never hear but if you have somebody has a heightened sensitivity to different sounds sometimes those x-ray machines can just make a sound that really kind of sets them off so it's a way for mm-hmm. them to kind of practice and go through that um and then they go to the the gate area we have them waiting, you know, a little bit just because we want them to be realistic as waiting is a real part yeah. of the environment. Yes, and we it want is. No, we want families, we tell them, you know, pretend this is a real trip. So bring your noise canceling headphones, bring a snack, bring whatever you would need to bring as if you were going on a real trip. Because um, we wanted them to see what what they need to make sure their situation is comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so once they do that, they aboard a plane, a real plane. Um, we don't, the plane does not take off anywhere. We wish that would be really exciting. <laughs> uh, sometimes we will taxi on the airport, but once on the plane, we just allow for the families and individuals to explore all the assets of the plane, you know, the tray tables, the bathrooms, which can be really problematic since they're so small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times the pilot, um, the pilot, um, oh, what's the word like for the, um, cockpit will be open so they can see inside of that and ask questions to the pilot. And the way we just see it is like education. The more information we can get them about the process and all the things that go on, the more prepared they'll be and better able to, you know, succeed in this environment. I love this for so many reasons. Um, I'm going to go back to the beginning of what you said, just um, 
to to also underscore a point we you know you mentioned um that experience with that that one family that kind of started all of this um and and not only was it it impacts the parents it was money lost it was probably a difficult situation for the child um obviously who stayed behind but also for the child who went to disney um you know last minute changes like that to a travel plan can be just traumatic on so many levels and then another piece that occurred to me is that child who is on the autism spectrum who had to leave um because it was sort of too overwhelming their first ever experience in an airport which can be lasting when it comes to impressions was negative right um didn't get to go to Disney, obviously feels the stress of what's going on in the family, you know, whatever's being happening around them. And so all of what you're doing with this program, Wings uh, Wings for Autism, it seems to me at the very core of it designed to, um, to, to really do something that so many other, you know, exists in so many other, other places that I think, again, we often take for granted, like um, coming to check out, you know, a sport before you fully commit to playing it. Like, this is very similar to that. It's practice. It's just seeing, you know, what do I need to, to get through this? What, um, you know, go like before you go to kindergarten, right? Kids get to often take a bus run, um, mm-hmm. you know, and some kids might decide that they want to have uh, earphones in or they want to have a book or they want to, you know, have a special drink that they bring with them or something that makes them feel more comfortable. So I just, I love it always on the level of um, being able to compare it to other preparatory experiences that nobody bats an eye at because it's just works. It's just a good thing for everyone. And here is this program that honestly is also just a good thing for probably everyone, especially anyone who's never flown before, because there are nerves involved for, for most people um, in addition to the excitement and anticipation. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like you said, there are older people. So our program mainly has a younger crowd to it. So there's, Mm -hmm. it's for families. Um, There's no age limit. It's open to all intellectual disabilities. So not just autism people, with any disability are welcome mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, you know, we've had participants who, like you said, have just been too scared to try because they don't want to be successful. And we've had participants in their, you know, 30s, 40s who have never taken a flight who are now like ready to, to try it out. And they just kind of, like you said, they didn't have that opportunity and they were scared to take that step without without knowing. It's the unknown. You know, we want to give them the familiarity and like the confidence to be able to take that step and just kind of desensitize the whole airport environment to them. Exactly. Which is a daunting task if you think about what most airports look like and feel like and sound like um oh yeah i mean they're you know, starting with just the traffic leading up to where you're getting out of your car um we're going to take a short break but when we come back i want to get into some of the more details of the program how people can find out more and um and i'm, I'm curious just about the other people who have to come together as part of this big community to make this happen and what their response to was for creating this program um this is one in 36 the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. 
Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel, has anybody seen Mr. Mr. Squirrel's feet? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Medicaid and CHIP offer free or low-cost health coverage for children and teens. Hospital and doctor visits, prescriptions, shots, and more are covered. That's peace of mind for parents if a child is sick or gets injured. And parents may now be eligible for Medicaid, too, even if they've applied in the past. Enrollment is always open. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And I'm speaking once again with Carrie Major, Director of Special Projects at the ARC. Um, And we're talking about Wings for Autism, which is this fantastic program um, that Carrie, you were kind enough to explain to us in the first half of the show. Um, and you covered a couple of things I think worth repeating, just logistical things for people listening. So um, it is there is no fee to participate in this program, correct? That is correct. Um, yeah. And there's no age restriction. Correct. Yep. It's open okay. to all ages. All ages and not just autism. This, this is really open to anybody with a uh, um, um, intellectual developmental disability of any kind that may this this opportunity might help them go on a trip, explore somewhere, yeah. you know, and enjoy the world around them um, in a new way that they haven't done before. That's great. Um, where can people go to get more information? I assume, do you have a waiting list? Because you can't, you're not, you're not doing these every day at every airport in the country, correct? No, no, we've been to about 70 airports throughout the U.S. now, and they do vary when they have them and locations, you know, by year. Um, so you can check out our website. It's the arc.org backslash wings. Um, and that'll take you to our Wings for Autism page, and it'll give you more information about just the program in general. And if you scroll towards the bottom, we have a list of upcoming events, and that'll show you which airports we're coming to next and the online registration. Um, we do have a limited number of people that can come to these events, obviously, based on the size of the plane. Um, you know, we can't, we have to have limited seating. So we do have it on a first come, first serve basis on our registration, online registration. I figure this is probably very popular. And whenever we put this stuff out there, I, you know, and I'm sure you're promoting it in other ways, I think it reminds people that that there are options um, to get around. And, and it really reminds me also of some really creative things I've heard from Anderson families over the years. There's the, the um, I think it's called the auto train or the car train that also you can um, take down to Disney. We have one family who's, um, I don't know that, that their son would have um, at all been able to entertain an airport, 
but he also really was so comfortable driving pretty much anywhere in his family car. Um, and his family was very committed and remains very committed to taking him to all sorts of places, but they drive. And so they found this thing called the auto train where they can drive their car onto the train so that the family can rest and, and not be driving that whole way. Um, and he has the comfort of his vehicle where he feels best and can make it very successfully to and from uh, New York down to Disney and, and back up. So I think these are really creative of models and hope um, that they continue to grow. Um, let's shift gears. So, so we've talked about kind of the impetus for this, the inspiration, the development of the program, kind of what it looks like, which sounds really wonderful. But now you're talking about TSA agents, um, executives of airports, um, probably I'm guessing even, you know, um, some of the, the, the municipal municipality, excuse me, um, personnel from, you know, the area that you're working in possibly Uber or taxi drivers. I don't know how far this whole all goes, but there's certainly a tremendous number of people who need to be involved to, like you said, create a very real, a very realistic trip to the airport and onto a plane. Um, and here you are, they're trained, they do their jobs. It's a hard job. I think they're dealing with a lot of people and stress um, all the time. And you're introducing this idea of, hey, let's do you know some mock ones for people who really need our help. And, and you're not bringing in actors. You're working with people. You need to work with the people who actually do this job, asking them to show the way a machine works that they probably typically purposely don't show how the machine works. So how, what was the reaction and what has been the reaction as you've brought into more airports with the personnel involved? So people are usually very open to the program. They're very excited about it. Um, but there is, if it's their first time, they are a little nervous when I say I'm going to bring, you know, 100 people with disabilities to your airport at once. They they do get a little um, nervous and they're like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to be able to, to support this? Um, and I always remind them that, you know, they're going to come with a family member or caregiver or some support person who knows the person best. So always rely on them if you have any questions. Um, but another you know, really important part of the program is the only way to kind of create a system of better support for people with disabilities during this process is to have training for those airport, airline, and TSA employees. So we do work with them to have a, a short little volunteer training prior to the event. Um, and we open it to any any of those employees as well who aren't, even if they're not volunteering that day of the event, if they want to come and just learn about disabilities. Even um, better. Yeah. And we just go over... Um, you know, different types of disabilities, common uh, communication techniques, and then some common scenarios that may arise in an airport setting and kind of the best way to handle it. A lot of these situations that we've seen and heard from, from our families, if the person on the other side just had a little bit more knowledge of autism or disabilities in general, or just knew some some best practices about way to interact with the family, uh, a lot of these could be de-escalated and wouldn't have to get to you know a certain level. Yeah. Um, so we do a little bit of like I call it a disability one hundred and one type training with yeah. them. Um, and that also allows them, you know, we take that kind of classroom setting training and then they can use those skills and implement them in a real life scenario with the families. Um, we also want that training to, you know, some of these people have never interacted with a person with a disability before, so they might be very naive to a lot of questions and that's quite all right. But we want that training for them to be able to ask maybe sensitive questions that they wouldn't want to ask directly to a family member, but that's the only way for people to learn and grow. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. And I love that you open it up to people who are not necessarily going to be part of that particular um, day of, of the, the program. Um, I hope that people take you up on that because the other thing you're doing is you're giving, you know, at the end of the day, they might be personnel working in an airport, 
in a variety of roles, but they're also people with their own families living in their own communities. And they're taking that knowledge back into the rest of their lives where they're, they're now going back. So you're having sort of a even broader impact with that training that you're doing outside of the airport. And I think that's, that's just to me, that's one of those natural ways that things start to change in, in society and in all communities is all it really takes is one person saying, Hey, I learned something at work today. And suddenly they're talking about it with their kids. They're sharing it with their spouse, with their parents, maybe, you know, maybe they're compelled to share it with the school district or something where their children go to school and you're making a change that way, which I think is fantastic. Um, also want to point out that when you're speaking about, um, individuals with autism and also um, people with other IDD, um, I wonder if, if part of the training is, is reminding the folks that are in the training that a lot of times these disabilities have often been referred to as invisible, um, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, you're not seeing somebody coming up in a wheelchair or on crutches or using a walker um, or, a, or a cane if maybe they're visually impaired from a ways of distance, which helps you have time to prepare for, okay, this person has to be go into this line or be helped in this particular way. Um, you're seeing a family that may be not standing out for you in any way until all of a sudden you're a couple inches from the, um, the conveyor belt for security or that, um, you know, the machine you have to work, walk through to, to get through TSA. And all of a sudden an individual maybe starts making sounds or hitting their head or doing something that I would think, with the training that they've received for their job is prepare is kind of a, a trigger for them to do something quickly and without a lot of questions and security based. Um, so have you gotten feedback from the staff that you've trained about like what they've taken away from that or how that's changed their approach to um, not really knowing what's going on and, but having maybe a beat to say, wait, maybe I should ask and figure it out. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, some people, you know, for example, with autism, one of the main things is, you know, eye contact where TSA agents are trained. If somebody is avoiding looking at you in the eye, they're like, what are they hiding? What's going on? Right. <laughs> right. And then we give them just a little few things to look for that maybe they're not avoiding your eye contact because they're, you know, hiding something. Maybe that's just part of their personality and they just, that's the way they deal with, you know, interacting with people. Um, and, and, you know, two other great programs that I did just want to mention too. So that are coming up in airports and airlines as they are getting more training and, you know, yeah. seeing more initiative from the airports and airlines and wanting to serve this population and wanting to better serve them and support them. Um, there is a sunflower lanyard program. I don't know if you've heard of that before. No. It's popping up in a lot of different airports, but they, um, you can get a, a um, sunflower lanyard that you wear around your neck. And that is a way to indicate to airport and airline employees that that's a person with maybe a special need, a traveler that they might need a little bit more support or uh, some, some different care. So it's kind of a way right. to disclose your disability without having to go right up and say, hey, by the way, I, I have a disability. So if you see a exactly. sunflower. And it's a sunflower, which is, you yeah. know, yep. beautiful. And they're popping up at all different airports. So yeah. You can Google that program and see oh, nice. support it. Um, another one is TSA CARES program. So this is one for obviously the TSA process can be a very overwhelming, hard part for, you know, a lot of families. Um, so if you if you look up TSA CARES, they have a website. And if you think that maybe the uh, TSA security clearing process is going to be an issue for your family, you can request a passenger support specialist. And that's somebody who will come get your family and kind of guide you through the TSA process. Not all airports do have that. So you do need to look at their website to see where it's offered and what supports they have. But I always tell my families, reach out. You know, that there are supports in all these different airlines and airports that are there. You just got to make sure that we know 
about it and, you know, tell other families about it. Love that. That's great. So that's the Sunflower Lanyard Program and the TSA Cares Program. So check those out, but also, and first and foremost, check out the arc.org backslash wings for more information on the wings uh, for autism program. And, um, and I think you sort of just to end on this note, Carrie, it's what you just said is a great reminder. There are emerging supports. This is, there's a big push right now throughout the world, I think, but certainly in this country that I'm aware of with training and autism supportive and autism aware and autism friendly types of programming. And also people getting more and more training and just becoming more knowledgeable because the world is changing and autistic people are advocating for themselves and sharing more and families are writing books. I mean, there's so much out there that um, that it, it certainly never hurts to reach out and ask. Um, and even if a program doesn't exist, I, I tend, I'm just, I'm, I'm an optimist. I think somebody you're going to talk to is going to say, I can certainly help with that. Um, you know, there's so many supports out there, but it's thrilling to hear that you're growing wings for autism and that you said you hit 70 airports. Yes, we're been 70 airports. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I hope that you continue to do that and continue to grow um, the program. And um, and for more information, again, anybody listening who's interested in this, go to the arc.org backslash wings. And um, thank you, Carrie, for being on the show again, telling us all about it. It's great. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is excellent. This is one in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.